0: It is good to see each of you this morning, and welcome to this assembly of Blaine Baptist Church. Good to have each one. Our scripture memory relates to our theme this day, serving our Lord, and it relates to having a new year that we can use for our Lord and for his uh, service. So... As we think about this year ahead of us, might we do as Colossians 3 verses 23 and 24 uh, encourage us. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, it is the Lord Christ whom you serve. We are servants, we are slaves. The Lord Jesus Christ is the master, the Lord Jesus Christ is the ruler of our lives, and might it be clear even in how we labor and in how we serve. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for man, for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Is the Lord Christ whom you serve might we rejoice to follow this admonition of Paul and might we rejoice even as we begin this morning in prayer let us go this first corporate meeting of Blaine Baptist Church uh, beginning of 2021 let us go before our Lord in prayer Lord, this is the year that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We pray that our heart would be to find our joy and our contentment, not in our circumstances, not in the circumstances of our nation and the politics, not in the circumstances of our health and the Trials of the pandemic and even some of that reaching our own church family, brothers and sisters. But Lord, help our joy to be in you, our God. Help our joy to be in your son, our savior. Might you by the Holy Spirit work that joy in abundance in our lives that we might sing and rejoice to your praise and to your glory. Lord, we are weak. Our bodies betray that. Even as we need hospitals, even as we need doctors, even as we need medications and surgeries and help, Lord, all of these things remind us that we are but made of dust, frail and feeble. And I pray, Lord, that you might strengthen us, especially strengthen us for in our weakness. We are tempted to allow our physical condition to determine our joy to determine our thinking and our feelings. Lord, our physical condition tied in so much to how we serve and follow you. Lord, help us and strengthen us that even in suffering and hardship and trial, we might be faithful to you. Give us reason for rejoicing in answer to prayer, even as we pray for particular physical needs. We think of Steph and Phyllis, for Rick and Rochelle, for Peggy, for Lynn, for others of our church family who aren't with us here today because of physical ailments, others who haven't been with us for a long while because of physical ailments. Lord, give us reason to rejoice even as you answer prayer and restore to health. Varied and different circumstances, yet you are caring for each one, even as you care for the lilies of the field and the doves of the air. We pray, Lord, that you would be kind in directing our worship to you in spirit and in truth. We rejoice to sing together and to pray together, to listen to your word together, to read your word together. We pray that you might give us great joy in that. Give the church in Cottage Grove, Lighthouse Baptists, great joy even as they worship and serve in that community I pray for Pastor Buchney that you might strengthen and work in, in and through him. Uh, thank you for your kindnesses, having many other churches that we know of and many other churches that we don't know of preaching the gospel and seeking to lift up our Savior Jesus Christ in our state. Lord, in this time of political turmoil, we trust in you. We pray as we have prayed previously, that our president would follow after you, that our president to be would follow after you. Lord, we as a nation have gone away from following you. We pray that you might bring repentance and bring a longing after our Savior, that the grace of righteousness and your kindness of sanctification might be seen in this land. We pray, Lord, that you would bless as we have personal reasons to rejoice and be glad we think of your kindness bringing us with joy through the holidays giving us time with family we thank you for your kindness working in the Hamilton's life and giving them direction for the next step that you have for them Lord, with great joy, might you find us faithful in serving you in the year ahead. We pray that with great joy, we might come before you even now. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Our habit of going to the Psalms and reading responsively. Uh, we set aside and read responsively from Christmas texts and we're returning to the Psalms, the beginning of Psalm 22 as we read this morning.
1: Psalm 22, a Psalm of David, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me?
0: Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning.
1: O my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I have no rest.
0: Yet you are holy, O you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel.
1: In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them.
0: To you they cried out and were delivered, in you they trusted and were not disappointed.
1: But I am a worm and not a man, a reproach of men and despised by the people.
0: All who see me, sneer at me, they separate with a lip and they wag the head, saying,
1: Commit yourself to the Lord, let him deliver you. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, because he delights in him.
0: Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when upon my mother's breast.
1: Upon you I was cast from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb.
0: Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help.
1: Many bulls have surrendered. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me.
0: They open wide their mouths at me, as a ravening and a roaring lion.
1: I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax; it melts within me.
0: But you, O oh Lord, be not far off.
1: O oh, you. My help, hasten to my assistance.
0: I will tell of your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Amen. The Lord is a help to his servants. Might we sing with joy to our Master and Lord. In the blue hymnal, we'll sing, beginning with psalms this year, Psalm 98 in the blue. Sing a new song to Jehovah. And as you're able, I'll invite you to stand, Psalm 98 in the blue. Sing a
2: new song to Jehovah, for he Things have wrought his right hand and arm, most holy victory to him. hath brought Lo, the Lord is great salvation, the He hath now made known. in His righteousness shall gladden all of His truth and mercy be to Israel's house and. Bed. the harp sing to Jehovah, with the harp and for voice. Sound the trumpet Earth and all its people sing, let the rivers in
0: Be seated as you turn back to 462. Be Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Hymn number 462.
2: 462. Be Thou my vision. Be Thou my my vision, O oh Lord. i oh. Because I hear
0: Scripture reading this morning speaks of one who was a servant of the Lord. Exodus chapter 14. I invite you to turn to verse 29. Exodus 14, beginning in verse 29.
3: Exodus 14, 29 through verse 31. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power of which the Lord had used against the Egyptians. The people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in His servant Moses. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you displayed your great power in in delivering Israel from Egypt and from the Egyptian army. We marvel at the fact that the, the very thing that was a wall on each side of Israel and actually protected them was what destroyed the Egyptian army. We look today for your deliverance from the evil that seems to be overwhelming this country We pray that we as Christians would repent and get right and get serious about serving you, that we might be effective witnesses to those around us, that we would stand up against the evil that is going on, the various ways in which this world, and in particular the people of this country, deny your word and deny you and rebel against you, but Lord, we are equally guilty, uh, e- guilty of being silent and and not saying anything and, and kind of tolerating things that should not be tolerated. Lord, we thank You that You have raised up servants like Moses. We pray that You would raise up more servants to serve You and to lead Your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: As we continue in song, should have received a handout with the bulletin. If thou but suffer God to guide thee, might we as the Lord's servants be faithful in following him. If thou but suffer God to guide thee.
2: If thou but suffer, God, to guide thee. And
0: It's required of servants that a man be found faithful. Might we do our own part faithfully? And then we can know the great blessing of the Lord. 316 in the gray. Uh, sorry, excuse me. 315 in the gray. Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace over all victorious in its bright increase. I invite you to stand as we sing, and then we'll sing the last verse. Verse three, we'll sing a cappella. Third verse, a cappella. Standing as we sing. (laughs)
2: Like a...
0: seated. Our life is not our own. 243 in the gray as the ushers prepare for this morning's offering. 243 in the gray. We'd like to follow along. Take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee. Let us bow and consecrate um, even our listening and our giving to the Lord. Lord, as we participate in music by listening to it, rejoice our hearts to give all of our focus and attention to you. Might you, Ennoble our desires and our affections that we might be wholly committed to you. We pray that our giving would be to your glory. We rejoice as you have provided for us this past year. We know the promise of your provision for this coming year. And so, Lord, we trust to your hand, might you uplift us, might you carry us along, might you get great joy and glory and rejoicing from our lips as we see you do exactly that. We pray with joy because of the one to whom we look in joy. Amen. number 7 in the gray the god of abram praise as we sing this song let us rejoice that servants of old have followed the lord and so also commit ourselves to doing the same we'll sing the first 3 verses and then the last the first 3 verses and then the last uh, the last is on the next page. Uh, do note that. Uh, the God of Abram prays, as you're able, will stand. Let us sing together.
2: The God of Israel.
0: Four to sixty eight. When morning gilds the skies, my heart awakening cries. Hymn number sixty eight.
2: When morning gilds the skies, my heart. work and prayer. To Jesus I repair. May Jesus Christ be praised. Does sadness fill my mind? The all is here. my earthly bliss my comfort still this: may Jesus Christ be praised the night becomes as day when from the heart we say may Jesus Jesus Christ be praised the powers of darkness fear when this sweet song they hear may Jesus Christ be praised when red circle for not resound, may Jesus Christ be praised. Let air and sea and sky.
0: Be seated. May Jesus Christ be praised. I invite you to turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. We are going to be thinking in keeping with that which we've been singing and thinking on the word of God as the servants of The Lord. And so we're looking to this idea of serving the Lord, this idea of being faithful to the Lord as His servant. We read in the Sunday school hour of the call of Jeremiah, and it's clear that the Lord has called Jeremiah to be his servant, to be one who will minister to the people of Judah in particular for the benefit of their souls and even the benefit of the nations around. So might we be those who, like Jeremiah, commit ourselves to serving the Lord. We have a new year. And as we begin a new year, we have a new opportunity to recommit ourselves in the service of the Lord. Might the Lord find us faithful in 2021. Might the Lord bless us as his servants in 2021. Here is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah calling him as a prophet into the Lord's service. We'll read from the fourth verse down through the ninth verse. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born... I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. All that I command you, you shall speak. Here is the Lord as master over his prophet. Here is the Lord sending forth Jeremiah to the nations. Here is the Lord directing his servant. Might we learn today how we might well serve the Lord, and especially from the example of Jeremiah and the people of his day, why we should be faithful in serving the Lord. May we ask the Lord to help us to do this, that we might be to his honor and glory in 2021. Let us bow once more to the Lord. Lord, one of the reasons why we bow is to show our submission to you To show our deference to you. You are the great Lord and Master. We are but slaves and servants, yours to command, yours to bring life, yours to bring death, yours to do with what you will. And Lord, we pray. And as we look forward to this year, might you give us a great abundance of blessing as we follow you in faithful service? Might you renew our hearts to the joy of being your servants? might you instruct us even from your word this day that we in your service would be committed, that in hardship of service we would be faithful, that in suffering of service we would not complain, and in joy of service we might give all the praise to you. Help us, Lord, in these ways and in many others. We desire, Lord, I pray, pray for each one. That their desire, our desire, would be faithfulness as servants to you. We pray in the name of our master. Amen. Serving the Lord and being a servant of the Lord is very much a theme throughout the whole of the scriptures. And so we find, for example, that serving the Lord is important for Israel. Moses instructs the people of Israel Deuteronomy 10 and verse 12 and following. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes which I am commanding you today for your good? What does the Lord require? but the service of obedience. This is repeated by Joshua. Joshua 22, only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord commanded you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways to keep his commandments and hold fast to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. In fact, it's spoken as a warning. The 24th chapter of Joshua. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done good to you. The Lord promises judgment to those who will not serve. Serving the Lord is seen as important because... We can see that serving the Lord is a part of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness or what is of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. Here service is tied to worship. How much more important could service be? You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. What do servants of the Lord do? According to the Ten Commandments, they love the Lord, and they obey. Serving the Lord is phrased in memorable ways. So, for example, Samuel uh, chapter 12, 1 Samuel 12. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Recall. What God has done for you and in the greatness of all that laundry list. And it's a laundry list so long we cannot remember it. So infinite we cannot fill it out. Remembering the greatness of all that the Lord has done for us. Might we fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all our hearts. The Psalms puts this memorably. You remember Psalm 100. Serve the Lord with gladness. Or Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you who serve him doing his will. Here is the joy of service. Bringing joy before the Lord. Blessing the Lord. Singing the Lord's. Praises. Jesus spoke of the blessing of those who serve him. The blessing for those who follow him as his servants. This is John 12. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Do you desire... For the great God who created the entire universe to honor you, to look with favor upon you, Jesus says, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. None other than our Maker, none other than our Creator. The God with whom we have to do, the God who is our judge, the God who is our savior. He he will be the one who honors those who serve Jesus. Lastly, recall our scripture memory text. Christians need to remember they serve Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. For it is the Lord Christ whom you serve. There's a reward of inheritance to be had. But why is that? Because that's the inheritance that comes to those who serve the Lord. Who follow the Lord in his service. All of that reminds us that the entirety of the Bible teaches us we ought to serve the Lord. But why? Why? And let me at least put it in the words of another Puritan, updated language. But William Jenkin said something to this effect. I'm almost quoting him. I'm uh, changing it, updating it. But... He said, Christ keeps no servants only to wear the uniform. You take a job at Hardee's, what do you do? You wear the Hardee's uniform. Take a job at Chick fil A, take a job at McDonald's, take a job at fill in the blank. You wear the uniform. But Christ takes no servants just so that they can put on the uniform. Christ takes servants to himself that they might serve, that they might labor, that they might work to his glory in obedience to his Father. Why? Why? Might we say and might we ask, why should we be servants of the Lord? I'd like to look to the book of Jeremiah and think on the service that is spoken of there and the service that is lacking there and consider why we ought to be faithful in serving the Lord. And the first answer that. Uh, I would give in terms of why we need to be faithful in serving the Lord is because of the consequences of failing to serve the Lord. The consequences of failing to serve the Lord. Jeremiah is very clearly uh, coming to us in a historical context. And so I'll read for us the first three verses and explain only briefly the, the, some of the historical context. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Two points. Jeremiah is laboring in an internationally tumultuous time of world history. This could easily be nominated for the most turbulent time in all of world history as chronicled in the, in the writ of Scripture. From Genesis to, to, to the, the end of Scripture, the circumstances of the authors of that, that writing... Easily, Jeremiah is is living in one of the most turbulent times. The, The power is going back and forth between Assyria and is moving to Babylon, and Egypt is opposing the two of them. And so the kings, during whose time Jeremiah reigns, some of them listed here, many of them included in the rest of the book of Jeremiah, as Jeremiah interacts with them, the kings are torn. Will they follow after the power and the comfort and the protection that some great nation will give? And God warns them. God warns them in the first 10 chapters again and again. Don't put your trust in foreign nations. Put your trust fully in me. I will lead you into hardship, I will lead you into suffering. But I will care for you as I do that. And as this tumultuous time sweeps over uh, Jeremiah and the people of his day, Jeremiah is called as the Lord's servant to be faithful in warning, to be faithful in edifying, to be faithful himself. So this time that Jeremiah is laboring in is a very tumultuous political circumstance. This time that Jeremiah is living in is, secondly, a time where many of the kings reject the word of the Lord. Josiah alone stands in acceptance of the Lord. He he begins his ministry eight years old, the ripe old age. Of eight. Eight. Are some of your brothers and sisters almost eight? Eight years old. He begins to be a king. How is he going to be a king? Well, under the leadership of, the, of wiser and older uh, servants of the Lord, Josiah begins reform in the nation but he begins reform at a, as an eight-year-old without the word of God. We, we think of the word of God as, as just par for the poor, course natural to us. We have Bibles on our shelves. We can turn on our electronic device and we have Bibles uh, without number even, almost. But... The the time of Jeremiah's ministry was not like that. In order to have the word of God, you had to have someone write it out. Copy it out. And if you lost that copy, or if you destroyed that copy, or if the people before you destroyed those copies, you didn't have a copy of the word of the Lord. Josiah begins... His ministry without the word of the Lord, but then in the course of, Jeremiah, uh, of uh, Josiah's minist- uh, uh, service as king before the Lord, king over Judah, in Second Kings you can read how they found the word of the Lord. Probably some of the uh, some are all of the book of Deuteronomy, and Josiah tears his clothes because of how poorly the people of Judah are doing at following in obedience to the Lord's commands. But he continues in following the Lord and the Lord's word, the Lord's instructions. It's important for us, if we are going to be servants of the Lord, that we listen to the Lord. The other kings, for example, as is mentioned here, Jehoiakim, or Zedekiah, the other kings, did not follow the Lord. In fact, the people at large did not follow the Lord. They kept on abandoning the Lord. And this is dangerous because as we fail to serve the Lord, we will find the judgment of abandoning the Lord to be a harsh judgment. And we can read through, as we read in Jeremiah, we can find the egregious abandonment of the Lord. Failing to serve the Lord is dangerous. For example, verse 5 of chapter 2, Thus says the Lord, What injustice did your fathers find in me, that they went far from me and walked after emptiness, and became empty? Why is it? that, That the forefathers of Judah pursued emptiness instead of the one whole, firm, solid, true God. They did not say... Where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of deep darkness, through a land that no one crossed and where no man dwelt? I brought you into a fruitful land to eat its fruits and its good things, but you came and defiled my land and my inheritance. You made an abomination. The people of the Lord, knowing the clear command of the Lord, egregiously abandoned the Lord. You find this is comprehensive among the people. Verse eight, the priests did not say, where is the Lord? And those who handle the law did not know me. The rulers also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that did not profit. Therefore, I will yet contend with you, declares the Lord. And with your sons, sons, I will contend. This is damnable. This is worthy of God's judgment. Abandoning the Lord. And yet this is exactly what the people do. Verse 19, your own wickedness will correct you and your apostasies will reprove you. Know therefore and see that it is evil and bitter for you to forsake the Lord your God and the dread of me is not in you, declares the Lord God of hosts. It is dangerous. It's not only evil, but but don't you love the illustrative word bitter? Now now I uh, myself enjoy good asparagus fresh asparagus not cut when it's too old not as chewy as oak trees Um, but fresh asparagus is great but if you cut it at the wrong time the bitterness can be pungent Or, or think of Bad Brussels sprouts, not not the good, no, I understand, some will categorize all, but uh, for those who understand the goodness of Brussels sprouts, uh, there are the bitter and clearly ill-tasting Brussels sprouts. And God says of Israel, not only is it evil to forsake me, it is bitter. Have you ever eaten something? that's so bad tasting that you can barely eat it? Or worse yet, it's so bad tasting that you have to spit it out? It is bitter to forsake serving the Lord. And yet, that's exactly what the people of Judah did. That's about exactly what the people of Israel did How previous to them. Might we be those who not uh, following after the, the pattern of wicked, uh, wicked Israel. This egregious abandonment of the Lord is seen uh, further along in the text, Jeremiah chapter seven, verse 25. Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have sent you all, my servants, the prophets, daily rising early and sending them. Yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffen their neck. They did more evil than their fathers. Here's a question for the young people. Did Israel follow the Lord? No, they didn't serve the Lord. They didn't follow the Lord. And so God tells uh, Jeremiah, verse 27 of chapter 7, You shall speak all these words to them, but they will not listen to you. They will not listen to you. And you shall call to them, but they will not answer you. They will not answer you. You shall say to them, this is the nation that did not obey the voice of the Lord their God or accept correction. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. Here is the wickedness of Israel, the wickedness of Judah on full display. They did not serve the Lord. Secondly, the danger of failing to serve the Lord there's a redefinition of sin. Redefinition of sin. There's this, um, this great language, which I'll, I'll uh, not, uh, not spend lots of time on, about my people having committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. There's no joy in forsaking the Lord. But more than that, they redefine sin. As you continue on in the second chapter, you find them redefining sin. Uh, This is verse 32. Can a virgin forget her ornaments, her, her jewelry, or a bride, her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Behold, I will enter into judgment with you. This is verse number 35. Because you say, I have not sinned. that They do everything. They do not fail in disobeying God's commands. And yet they say, I have not sinned. How can they say that? How can they do that? Well, if you just start redefining what sin is, it's easy. Don't say, one man with one woman for life equals marriage. Just redefine it. A man with a man, a woman with a woman, a man who changes to a woman with a man or a woman, Redefining sin. One of the dangers of not serving the Lord. Thirdly, not only is there a redefinition of sin, and you can see that in the end of chapter 5, the last verses of chapter 5 as well, but there's also promoting of falsehood. Chapter 6, promoting of falsehood. There's going to be judgment, verse 12, their houses shall be turned over to others, their fields, and their wives together. For I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, declares the Lord. For from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for gain. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. Now, who are the prophets and the priests? They're the leaders. They're the ones who are supposed to be the spearhead Of truth and godliness. But what are they doing? They're dealing falsely. They're doing things which are not true. And a part of what they're doing in doing things which are not true. Is speaking things which are not true. They have healed the brokenness of my people superficially. That's verse 14. Saying, peace, peace. When there is no peace. Now here's, here's the tension that, that Jeremiah goes forth, uh, goes through in, in conflict with the other prophets of his day. He's prophesying that God will bring judgment because the people of Judah deserve judgment. And the other prophets are, are saying, no, you join with the biggest and the strongest nation. And that biggest and strongest nation will protect you from the the judgment that's going to come from the other nations. You understand that if you follow, the, the false prophets say, you follow the biggest nation, you follow the strongest nation, and we will have peace. They say, they prophesy, peace, peace. When there is no peace. Now simply put, what is it when you do not tell the truth? Do you children know? When you don't tell the truth, what is that called? Lying. Lying. That is exactly what that is. And yet, because the people decided to, to not follow and serve the Lord... Lying is normal for them. It's dangerous to not serve the Lord. They begin promoting uh, falsehood. Promoting falsehood. And then, lastly, um, number four, they begin turning to idols. Turning to idols. This is the end of uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, the latter end of Jeremiah chapter 9. The people turning to idols, verse 25, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised and yet uncircumcised, the old and the young, Egypt and Judah and Edom and the sons of Ammon and Moab and all those inhabiting the, the desert who, who clip their hairs on their temple, for all the nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised of heart. What are they doing? They're following after idols. Chapter 10 makes it clear what uncircumcision of heart means. Do not learn the ways of the nations. The customs of the peoples, verse three, are a delusion because it is wood cut from the forest, the work of the hands of craftsmen with a craftsman cutting tool. They decorate it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers so that it will not totter like a scarecrow is in a cucumber field, well, are they? And they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them, for they can do no harm, nor can they do any good. One of the dangers of following after, not following God, and following after the ways of everyone else who doesn't follow God, turning to idols. And it will bring God's judgment, it will bring no hope, it will bring false fear, That they're in fear of a God, so-called gods, who can do no good and can do no harm. The true God is the God who does harm. And the God who does good. That's the true God. The true God has power to judge. And the true God has power to save. In conclusion then, There is a curse on those who will not serve the Lord. This curse is found in the beginning of Jeremiah and the 11th chapter. Would you turn to Jeremiah and the 11th chapter? I'm not going to conclude right here in Jeremiah 11, but this, this is the conclusion for our time in Jeremiah. The word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, hear the words of this covenant and speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitant of Jerusalem and say to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel cursed is the man who does not heed the words of this covenant, which I commanded your forefathers and the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt and from the iron furnace saying, listen to my voice and do according to all which I command you. You shall be my people and I will be your God in order to confirm the oath which I swore to my forefathers to give them a land fillowing with milk and honey as it is this day. Then I said, Amen, O Lord. Verse number seven. For I solemnly warned your fathers in the day that I brought them out up from the land of Egypt, even to this day, warning persistently, saying, listen to my voice. Yet they did not obey or incline the ear, but walked each one in the stubbornness of his evil heart. And therefore I have brought on them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did not Here are the people of Israel. The people of Judah. Here they are. Not serving the Lord. There is a curse on those who will not obey the Lord. Final illustration comes from a phrase which you can find only... In the Old Testament, the phrase is servant of the Lord, servant of the Lord. Now, the phrase servant of God, interestingly, uh, at least in the New American Standard translation, uh, occurs only three times in all the Bible. Servant of God, that language. And all of those instances are in the Old Testament. And all of those instances, servant of God. Refer to Moses. The language servant of the Lord, servant of Yahweh, that language, in comparison to three times for servant of God, occurs more frequently. It occurs uh, some 23 or 24 times in the Old Testament. Uh, It only occurs in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament, servant of the Lord. Um, and, uh, like the language servant of God, uh, it is used most frequently of, um, of Moses, but I'd like to, in fact, the first time that it's used is of Moses Deuteronomy 34 and verse five. So Moses, the servant of the Lord died in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. This language, servant of the Lord, used the vast majority of times in Moses. What's really interesting about this phrase, the servant of the Lord, is that Joshua has this phrase the vast majority of the times that it's used. So the two times that it's used most outside of the book of Joshua are the Psalms, which has the phrase servant of the Lord exactly, wait for it, two times and second chronicles which has the word the phrase the word of the lord again two times in comparison Joshua has the phrase the word of the lord 15 times 15 times and and in fact one time he has the phrase twice in one verse the only time in all the bible were the phrases twice found in one verse and that's in Uh, Joshua chapter 12 and verse number six, Moses, the servant of the Lord and the sons of Israel defeated them. And Moses, the servant of the Lord gave it to the Reubenites and the Gadites and a half tribe of Manasseh as a possession. Now, as is, as is implied there, you can guess of whom this language servant of the Lord is frequently, most frequently used. You look to the 15 times that Joshua uses this language, servant of the Lord, and you find it first in the very first verse of the book. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, Moses' servant, saying, this this language, servant of the Lord, The the 15 times that is found in Joshua, again and again, used of Moses. For example, Joshua chapter 22 and verse 5. only Joshua is, is warning the people of Israel to be faithful to the Lord. Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord. And up until this point, Every time Joshua includes this phrase, servant of the Lord, all of the times refers to Moses. Only be careful to observe the commandment and law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God with all your heart and walk in all his ways and keep his commandments and hold fast to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. You, Israel, Follow the example of Moses, who was the servant. But then, great encouragement, I think. Great joy, I think. The very last time that this language, the servant of the Lord, is used in Joshua. It's not used of of Moses rather it's used a Moses servant who is faithful for 40 plus years before Moses died and some 30 to 40 years after Moses died and after 60 to 70 years 80 years Of Joshua serving the Lord. You come to the last time that this phrase is used in the book of Joshua. Joshua 24 and verse 29. Came about after these things that Joshua, the son of Noah, the servant of the Lord, died. Here is a man who is faithful for decades, and of him the scriptures say that he was a servant of the Lord. Might we be faithful as servants of the Lord? Let us pray. Lord, we, we compare ourselves among ourselves and in doing so we are not wise. We compare ourselves to Moses and think we're but nothing. We compare ourselves to Joshua and we think we are but worms. But Lord... You are the one true master and king. And as you have called us to your service, might we be willing to be found faithful, no matter how lowly and menial the task, no matter how insignificant the duty Might, Lord, you find us obedient, serving in the year ahead. Help us, Lord, to this end, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. As Kevin comes, we'll turn to the blue hymnal. And hymn number 44, the servants of God. God, your master, proclaim. Hymn number 44 in the blue.
4: Uh, Let us sing together, standing as you're able. Number 44, ye servants of God. Ye servants of God, your master. Proclaim and publish abroad his wonderful name. The name of victorious of Jesus is His kingdom is glorious, he rules all. good faces and worship the
0: dismiss you with this encouragement from the Apostle Paul. Slaves, servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. How much more? According to the Spirit. With fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to the Lord, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves, servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Might you go forth consecrated serving our Lord? You are bl- dismissed with God's blessing.